Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, 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 and welcome. This is Talk the Plank, episode 81 of Pittsburgh Pirates podcast on SB Nation's Bucks Dugout. I'm Nathan Hirsch. This is our first off-season podcast, and I'm joined by Jake Slobodnik. Jake, what's going on? Not too much, man. Just uh, getting into the depths of the off-season. We had a free agency officially start today. Pirates are already active. So, you know, just uh, aside from that, focusing on what they're doing, just living life. Got into, um, personally, I got into the radio sales business for the first time over the past couple of weeks. So that's been something that's been bogging my time. So uh, that's pretty much the brunt of it. What about you, man? What's been going on in your neck of the woods? Oh, not much. Just uh, like you said, living life. I enjoyed Enjoyed the playoffs this season, the MLB playoffs. Um, sadly, I didn't really want to see Houston win, but it's all right. Um, it was kind of fun to see the Philly run, even though I'm not a huge fan of Philly either. But overall, I really enjoyed the wild card round of three games. I thought that was really fun. And, uh, you know, maybe if one of these years the Pirates can squeak out 87 wins – sneak into the playoffs who knows but uh it was a fun october but i'm i'm ready for the off season and i'm ready to see what the pirates do if they're active which i'm not going to get my hopes up but you know they made a move today we're we're going to go over that we're going to go over the 40 man roster but uh yeah overall i'm doing pretty solid so i guess we can start with the big trade today the pirates it seems like they've gotten their First baseman for the 2023 season. I can't believe it's going to be the 2023 season. That's pretty crazy. But uh, 
They traded Jack Hartman, a pitcher, to the Rays for G-Man Choi. And uh, I guess I'll just look through his stats a little bit. Choi, not too terrible. Uh, he had a 1.2 B-War in 2022, 11 home runs, OPS plus of 114. The thing with him is he's pretty solid at getting on base. He's got a little bit of pop. Um, you know, he's not going to light the world on fire by any means, but when considering the Pirates' first base production last season, this is a huge step up. So, obviously, I hope this isn't where the moves end, but uh, it's a nice little nice little first step. What did you think? So, I'm, th- I'm down the middle with this uh, trade. I'm I'm liking it because, you know, obviously, like you said, he's a big step up from last year. I was looking over the numbers, and honestly, if he was part of the Pirates last year, he'd probably be one of their top three players, which, A, says a lot about the Pirates, <laughs> where they were last season, uh, but also a really good step up from first base. Instead of an actual platoon guy, we have a true first baseman for the first time since Josh Bell, which is fantastic. If you want to call Josh Bell that since he started off in the outfield, but... um Overall, I mean, I like it. The downside to it, though, uh, really not impressed. The fact that uh, really, is, I mean, obviously he's not a stellar first baseman. And I think at this point, you know, you're going to see a lot of hungry fans sort of want that star first baseman. Plus, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to jump on the wagon quite yet. I want to see what he can do. He has been very productive on defense for Tampa Bay. He's got a lot of agility for a big guy. So, I mean, I mean, he's got the tools and what it is. And the thing is, is he's a big guy. He's got some power, but he can also, he's a, really known for his contact hitting. So the thing about that is we kind of needed that. And but, but when he can produce some pop, then, you know, he, he's able to do that when needed. I also like that. We didn't really give up much for him. I feel bad for Jack Hartman. Cause we just got him. It was a Charrington draft choice um, coming off. I, I don't, I don't think it was Tommy John. It was some form of surgery that shelved him for the year. Um, if not for the year, most of the season, he has some good velocity behind his pitches, but I'll tell you what, that's a small price to pay for a quality first baseman in G man Choi. But like I said, I, I don't want to get too hyped about it mainly because of my prior history with getting hyped up with people who we have at first base. I love when we got Chavis, he didn't work out. You know how I felt with Yoshi in his heyday here in Pittsburgh. I, <laughs> I kind of bit the bullet on that with how bad he was, but for what it is, it's the first major move of the offseason. I don't think anybody had that on their bingo cards that the Pirates would um, make the first move, let alone a big move, to start off the offseason, really. But I think it's quality. In my head, though, G-Man is not the man. I think they're, I think this is sort of like the, uh, I, I guess the, I'm trying to think of the perfect word to describe. This is the first of many moves that we're going to see in the offseason by the Pirates. Um, I think there's more to come. I think they're going to try to look for a platoon guy for Choi at first base. Rumors are already circulating among Pirates Twitter that Will Myers is going to be his platoon mate, which wouldn't be terrible. But for now, like you said, if this isn't the last move, I'm I'm a fan of it, but I also have my, I, you know, I'm not letting my guard down completely. I'll feel more comfortable if he can produce once the next season starts. Yeah. I mean, looking at his numbers, uh, 2022, he had 419 plate appearances, hit 233, 341 on base. Didn't really slug all that well, 388. But 
all in all, it led to a 115 WRC plus. So pretty much if he doesn't just fall off a complete cliff for whatever reason in 2023, uh, like I said, he will be a huge upgrade at the first base position. Plus also, you know, he could DH as well. Um, if they decide to get, you know, another first baseman, definitely would like to see a platoon partner there. Uh, Troy, I mean, he, he crushes righties and that's nice. That's the, you know, higher volume end of the platoon against righties in his career. He's hit 247, 356 with a 454 slugging, which is pretty solid. Um, so if we can get that out of him. Looking at it, he has five years of MLB service time, so he has one more until he will be a free agent. Um, So, (laughs) weirdly enough, this is kind of just like a rental move. But, yeah, losing Jack Hartman, um, I actually do remember the Pirates drafting him in the 2020 draft when there were only five rounds, I believe. They got him in the fourth round. Um, Who knows? Obviously, anytime the Pirates trade pitching to the Rays, it's a little concerning what the Rays see in him. But uh, we'll see. I mean, I, I don't really think Hartman had you know too much of a future with the Pirates, and they fill a need now. And uh, I'm pretty excited about it. I mean, if you think about it, opening day, he's probably going to hit fourth. He's probably going to fill the Daniel Vogelback role in terms of, you know, being in the lineup. Heck, who knows, with uh, Derek Shelton managing, he might even lead off a few games because of the on-base prowess. Career walk rate, 13.4%, so that's solid. Um, but, yeah, overall, I'm not, like, over the moon excited about it, but it's at least something, and it's something to, uh, you know, start the process of, what this overall off season is going to look like. And I guess I'm at least glad that, you know, there was some chatter at the end of the regular season for the Pirates that when they claimed Miguel Andujar, he was going to be the guy at uh, first base and they already filled that slot. That's not going to be the case. Andujar probably going to get some, you know, he might be kind of like a utility guy, get some outfield play, play some third base, maybe play a little first base, obviously DH here and there, but he's not the guy at first base. So I'm happy to see that. And uh, overall, yeah, a nice, nice little move to start the off. Yeah, it's not bad. And, you know, going back to the whole Hartman and the Rays trading for Hartman, I'm seeing news around Twitter that it was really more of like a, I don't want to say a a salary dump because I mean, the Rays are like the pirates. They don't, they don't run salary through the roof, but I mean, Choi did kind of eat up a little bit of their uh, payroll. So I think that was a move just to clear that a little bit. They needed another 40 man spot. And I think they kind of just took their losses with, you know, what they could get because honestly, I think if the Rays were truly trying to get, you know, something for G-Man Choi. We would have seen a couple more players get traded from the Pirates to the Rays. Maybe it would be like a two-for-one deal. But the fact that they took like a mid-to-late round pitcher, and I know Hartman's got some promise. Like he's got, he's shown a lot of things that a lot of people liked. And there are some people that are kind of questioning why we just traded him straight up for G-Man. But I mean, really, this is kind of like a best-case scenario for the Pirates, at least in the early stages of the offseason. 
Because I saw somebody, and I forget who it was on Twitter, but they made a really good point. Because they could have attacked the free agent period by trying to find a middle-of-the-road first baseman, you know, some guy like G-Man Choi. They could have signed him for an extravagant amount of money. And that sort of that would have taken away from them trying to sign pitching or any other areas of need. So they really didn't, they, they probably took the smartest way to get a true first baseman that they could plus a DH role. And a guy like G man who, you know, he can hit, he crushes righties. Like you said, he can DH when needed. If you've seen him play defense, the dude can split like Michael Chavis, but probably with 200 more pounds behind him. Um, it, this was a very good case scenario for the pirates. And now it allows them more, I, I guess, freedom, financial freedom to find more uh, people in different areas to sign in the <laughs> off season. So, you know, Ben Charrington, he can be smart every now and then let's just hope that it pays off. Yeah. And like you said, I do, I, I believe the Rays were probably just going to non-tender uh, Troy and he would have been a free agent, but yeah, I mean, the Pirates barely gave anything up. Well, I guess we'll see, but you know, there's plenty of pitching in the uh, minor leagues right now ahead of where Hartman was. So he was kind of like an organizational depth piece. But, uh, yeah, overall, you know, it's it's a need filled. And of the needs left on this roster, there's still plenty. But at least now uh, the first base position is, is uh, you know, there's there's a body there. So the other news today with the pirates is that they trimmed the 40 man roster down to 40 before today. Was it, was it 45 and actually 46 once they traded for Troy, but um, yeah, we got, we got a few players outrighted. Let me see if I can get the list here. The players outrighted were Peter Solomon, Bo Salser, your guy, Jason Delay, the catcher, uh, Blake Cedarland, Eric Stout, and Zach Collins. And uh, Stout and Collins are free agents, so not a huge loss there. Is there any any surprises about the 40-man that you think? Um, well, there is a surprise, but not like I'm really upset about it. I think a lot of people didn't expect him to be. Uh, outrighted and that's Blake Cedarland. I think a lot of people thought that he was going to stay on the 40 man as like that one player that the pirates sort of keep holding out hope for, but I, I approve this move. I think, and I, and I know I'm a talking head on Twitter, but yeah, I think that was probably the smartest thing to do. Cause Cedarland, he debuted in what 2019, 2020, something like that. And you know, all throughout the minors and even his stints in the MLB, the dude has just been a walking injury list spot. So Really, he's been just a dead. He's been dead weight to the forty-man roster. Now this gives them a little bit of room, you know, to find somebody who's not as injury prone. It allows him to reestablish himself in the minors. Thankfully, he wasn't claimed or anything like that. Although I think he actually has uh, some time where he can be claimed. But either way, I mean, that I think would probably be the biggest surprise in quotes. Um, both Salser, I'm a little surprised with, but. That's mainly because, you know, I, like you said, he's my guy. I, I thought they might have given him another shot considering he did pretty well for us whenever he was up. Um, the other ones I'm not really surprised with. Maybe a little bit with Zach Collins because, yeah, he, he sucks. But, I mean, we claimed him off waivers. He was a former, you know, highly touted prospect. I thought we might have carried him into spring training on the 40-man. 
but uh, I'm also not really shocked just because he was so bad. And there was all the people coming back off the 60 day IL. There's better talent ahead of him. I'm I'm more surprised with Peter Solomon why we even got him in the first place because we never utilized him. So he was on the 40 man for months, and now we just you know just never use him. I I don't know. I'm rambling here, but really the biggest surprise to me was Cedarland, but not like a surprise that you would expect. Right, I agree with Cedarland. I mean, he was exciting maybe in 2019, but it's just you know. Injury after injury after injury. He's only pitched four innings, you know, in his major league career. So that was fine. I guess one thing uh, that was interesting to me is that the Pirates decided to keep Tyler Heineman over Jason DeLay and Zach Collins, for that matter, at the catching position. But once again, you're, you're not really – it's not really a decision that has a lot of weight, but I thought that was interesting. Also – as far as the catchers go on the 40 man, I remember the last off season that the joke was the pirates had no catching on the 40 man roster at all until uh, they signed Roberto Perez, who hopefully they can bring him back or at least someone at the catcher position. But right now it's Heineman and it's Ali Sanchez. I guess the biggest thing that I'm looking at in terms of the 40 man roster here is you know, in case the Pirates do make more moves, which we expect them to do because, come on, they have to. Uh, there's still there's still a lot of players on this 40-man roster that are, they're kind of, you know, they'd be easy to take off. And like I mentioned, uh, Ali Sanchez could easily be taken off the 40-man roster. Looking at the pitching situation here, um, I don't know who Jeremy Beasley is. He's on the 40 man roster. Uh, Junior Fernandez. I mean, I don't want to get, maybe, maybe I need to to do a little more homework here, but I don't know who that is. Um, You look at it that we we still have Miguel Yajure on the 40 man. We still have, as far as position players go, the pirates climbed, claimed uh, Ryan Villade. Who cares about Ryan Vallee? I'm sorry. Um, so if the Pirates make more moves, there's there's tons of room still where it's not like, oh, my goodness, who are we going to take off the 40-man roster? There's way too much talent. There's still very minimal talent, and it's uh, it's okay. So if the Pirates, once again, you know, add, add a pitcher, I still would like to see them add a catcher. Um, you know, I'd like to see a legitimate right fielder, um, that platoon option at first base. There's still a ton of holes, some bullpen pieces here and there. So there's definitely room to, uh, take guys off and, you know, continue the shuffle of this 40 man roster. But yeah, as far as the cuts today, there's, there's no one that I'm, I'm upset about at all. Yeah, and I think if there's anybody that's truly upset about it, I think those kind of fans are just, uh, you know, complacent with being mediocre at this point. Um, like you said, there's a lot of wiggle room left. And if we're going to look ahead to later months or even weeks, maybe with how hot things have gotten started in the MLB offseason, I, I honestly believe and truly believe that the Pirates are going to bring Roberto Perez back. I mean, it. It makes too much sense. The club loves him. He loves Pittsburgh. God knows why. 
and I say that because the Pirates, why would anybody love the Pirates? But he loves it there. The younger players learn a lot from him. They seem to know something in Roberto that, you know, they, you know, they're keeping in house, but I think they're trying to bring him back next year, at least for another year. Yeah. I'm surprised too. They kept Heineman over delay, but it is what it is. Um, we all knew either one of them or both of them weren't going to last for the off season. So it, it sucks seeing delay go, but uh, overall we kind of knew this was going to happen. This is going to some of the guys on the 40 man right now that we can, that are some dead weight. We could trim the fat off of Jeremy Beasley is one. I have zero idea why we even traded for him at the, de- at the deadline, unless it was just to bolster depth in case of injuries. Cause we all know that the pirates were very, very plagued with injuries last year. Um, Miguel or Hurray, I don't think they're going to get rid of. I think Ben Sherrington is going to hold on to him with every last bit of will that he absolutely has because he traded for him. So Sherrington's going to do anything he can to sponge any little bit of talent from any of the guys that he acquired. Your is one of them. Hoy Park is another. He's not the greatest thing in the world. He's probably not going to be on a championship team ever, but that's another one we can sacrifice. We plan to make some, you know, bring in some real talent. Um, trying to think of some of the other guys you said, but those three just stick out at me, you know, at least right now, that those are some of the guys that we can get rid of. Um, but I think there are plans clearly because if there weren't, we wouldn't have saw all the action that we did today. Um, and, and I think Charrington learned from last year, not to enter spring training with just two catchers on the 40 man. Um, I think he's going to be a little bit smarter about that this year. I think we've got to let time tell, you know, sort of where Ben Charrington's direction is going to go this offseason. Clearly, he's already committed to somewhat making this roster better. I, I hope that he really takes a big step and he's not trying to just, you know, here's one puzzle piece out of like a million puzzle pieces. I'm going to put this here and see what we do with it. I hope he finally gets the bigger picture and says, okay, everything's starting to fall into a line. Here's what we need. Here's what we can afford. Here's what we can sort of splurge for. And I've seen already reports of what, what the pirates might do in terms of big spending. But I mean, really there's a lot more moves coming. This is just a little bit of a taste of what we're going to see this off season. And hopefully it's going to build somewhat of a winning team in 2023. I'm personally excited. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited because you, you look at it and even if they don't add a lot of outside talent, you still have, players that are going to be coming up getting better uh obviously like andy rodriguez will be added to the 40 man at some point henry davis will be added to the 40 man at some point so there, there's two catchers right there but uh you look at it you look around the, the roster right now uh you know first base you got Choi. Second base, you got Rodolfo Castro. You got Kevin Newman, hopefully as like a bench piece. You got Tucapita Marcano. You got Gian Bay, who can play second base or the outfield, and he showed some flashes at the end of the season. So maybe he's a guy that could be an opening day starter. But uh, those are some decent players. At third base, we obviously have Hayes, who um, I don't know if you're super upset about him not winning the gold glove, even though he had the most defensive runs saved in the whole entire major league baseball. I've, I've kind of joked the whole during the whole process of that, just as an aside, uh, Brian Hayes, if you want to win the gold glove, you're going to have to hit. And that sounds like it doesn't make any sense, but that's literally the reality of it. You have to be a 
non-zero at the plate, even if you are a magician at third base, which he is. But uh, like I said, you have him at third base. You got Miguel Andujar, perhaps as a DH bench depth. I'm excited to see what a full season of O'Neill Cruz looks like. Um, even if he hits 220, give me 30 bombs. Give me a little more plate discipline. That will be awesome. In the outfield, we got Brian Reynolds and Jack Sawinski. We'll see if uh, I think that is an area of need. Obviously, Ben Gamble is a free agent at this point, as well as Perez, as you mentioned. We'll see if they're brought back. But as far as the position players go, there's there's some there's some players there. And on the pitching end, you got Rowanzi Contreras. You got Mitch Keller. You got Brew Baker, so that's at least something on the start again. So this is at least starting to look like a roster at this point. Now I think is the perfect time to add. Um, we'll see if they do that. This this is kind of like I always compare the rebuild to the last rebuild when Neil Huntington kind of got the the train rolling. I would say this twenty twenty. Uh, this 2022 season was kind of like the Pirates in 2010, if you remember, when they lost like 105 games. And then 2011, they were in first place in July, and there was excitement. They still finished the year 72 and 90, but they at least added here and there. And then in 2012, that's when they added guys like uh, Russ Martin and I believe A.J. Burnett. But I think now is the time to add some vets. Obviously, they're not going to be expensive. We're not going to be going out to get Trey Turner or Carlos Correa or anything like that. We know that. But just sprinkle in some vets here. Sprinkle in some some old veterans, some experience, some guys that have you know played in big games, guys that the young guys can young, can look up to. That's That's what I want to see. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of potential for that. One of the big names that's linked to the Pirates this offseason, not just among rumors and Twitter, it's really starting to catch a lot of traction in some of the big media sources like Sports Illustrated. I think ESPN even said it, CBS Sports did. A lot of people are thinking that Sean Manaya is going to get signed by the Pirates, and I think that's a you know a low-risk, high-reward sort of move for them they could make, they can afford it. Manaya is not going to, you know, he's not going to sign for like, Two years, 135 mil or something like that. That's just numbers I pulled out. He's going to sign pretty cheap, and I think that's going to be like that guy like A.J. Burnett or you know Francisco Liriano even. He's a good pitcher, and he could be an ace on a struggling team like the Pirates. Um, I think he's very possible in getting signed by the Pirates this offseason, and I kind of hope they do pull that trigger because, like you said, he's a vet. He's not, you know, he's not a star stud. You know, he's not going to cost a pretty penny. But he can come in, lead this young core of pitchers, especially with the pitching depth that we have coming up, like Priester, who's supposed to come up, I would imagine, this coming year. I think he could add a nice little mix to the rotation. You got Rowansi, Luis Ortiz, if he continues to dominate. Um, I think I said Rowansi, but him, Keller even, with him catching on. And it all just goes down and trickles down to the other levels of organization. It all starts with that ace that you bring in. Manai, I think, could be that possibility. As far as around the diamond or even in the outfield, I'm not entirely sure who else we could bring in for that. Um, I Like I said, Will Myers is a possibility if we can because he can platoon first and play the outfield too. Um 
I, I know, I don't know who all is out there who could play the outfield, but in so many words, there are possibilities for us to sort of replicate that. And Nate, if you throw it back to 20, I think it was 2012 when this game happened, the Michael McHenry game in the 19th inning, I think that was, that was really only the tipping point for the pirates. And that's when they started going downhill. Yeah. So you take that away. I think they're actually still riding momentum and having a better record than it shows. I'm rambling here, but either way you bring in those pieces. I think, like you said, there's a very strong chance that we could replicate that early 2010 run and build. And if I'm not mistaken, we might actually be able to do this a little bit better. Yeah, I hope so. And I think Benaya would be a perfect, uh, you know, signing for the pirates. He kind of struggled in 2022 after having a really nice 2021. That's kind of the pirates Avenue. And I forget who said it on Twitter, but someone said that uh, Oscar Marine has had success bringing in soft tossing lefties. And I think that was Stilo. Might have been Stilo, <laughs> one of my favorite Twitter accounts. But yeah, I mean, that's true. I think Manaya would be perfect. I'd, I'd give him, you know, two years, 20 million. I'm not sure that might be high, that might be low. I'm not exactly sure. But I think that would be perfect. And I feel like. Um, that, that would be a good thing to really dive into on our next pod next week um, is kind of a little bit of a wish list of what we want to see from the Pirates this offseason because, yeah, there are holes and they, they need to be filled in some way. But starting that conversation, Sean and I would be the perfect guy to bring in start opening day. If you have him backed up by Rowanzi Keller and JT Brubaker, that's not terrible. Uh, it's not it's not great. It's not division winning by any means, but it's at least a start. And <laughs> since we po- started this podcast, uh, this we're going to be heading into season three of Talking Pirates Baseball. The first two seasons have just shown absolute nothingness in terms of winning, but... I think this has to be the offseason, not where they bring in substantial talent because I'll never expect that to happen. Substantial money will not be spent, but just give me give me some crumbs at this point. I'll take I'll take anything. I'll take <laughs> anything. The payroll was at 40 something million dollars in 2022. That's I, we don't have to rehash this, but that's beyond pathetic. We all know that. Give me sixty million. Give me sixty-five. Heck, I don't want to get crazy here, but seventy million. What would that be like? What would that team look like? It would look a whole lot better. And all of a sudden, you go from winning sixty games a year to maybe seventy-five, and you build on it, and you keep building. And that's all we want to see. I'm just so tired of. Uh, punting seasons down the line because heck you look at it uh the brian reynolds clock is it's 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 gonna run out pretty soon here and we could talk about that another time but the trade rumors are already swirling around brian reynolds but ben sherrington has said that he doesn't want to trade reynolds because he expects to win by the time Reynolds is still with the Pirates, I believe, until 2025. Uh, Brian Hayes signed a long-term deal. That's great. He'll be here forever. But O'Neill Cruz, his clock started. 
Um, so it, it's time. It's time to start to build, quit kicking the rock down the road, give me some talent. The division still isn't that great. You look around, the Reds aren't great. The Cubs improved in the second half, but they're still not awesome, and they're probably going to look to spend this offseason. Brewers, they're kind of on the – they're kind of over the hill with their window and the Cardinals will always just be the Cardinals. They'll always be good, but I don't know. This division isn't great. It's not like they're staring down the Dodgers and the Padres in the West. And then in the East, you know, the free spending Mets and Atlanta, who's always awesome. And the Phillies who are just in the world series. As far as the NL goes, the NL central is the softest division by far. So the Pirates need to, at least try. So I feel like, I don't know, do you have any thoughts on that before we wrap things up for this part? Well, really, I, I share your sentiment about the division. And personally, I feel like the NL Central hasn't been that competitive since the truncated 2020 season. The Pirates could have used that year to get better, but they didn't. They instead committed to a full rebuild. So, yeah, I mean, the division really is theirs for the taking if you count out the Cardinals, because like you said, the Cardinals are just going to, they age like fine wine, whereas the rest of the NL Central just ages like milk, honestly. But the Brewers, like you said, their clock's up. They declined Brad Boxberger's qualifying offer, and he was one of their better relievers. So they're starting to feel the effects of not committing to winning over the past couple of seasons. The Cubs are the same way. They don't know what they're going to do. The Reds, who knows what the hell what they're going to do. This is prime time for Ben Charrington to take a step up this offseason and really commit to formulating a really solid baseball club and not just, you know, being banished to the basement of humility, you know, throughout the 2023 season. I hope that he takes that step to commit and that this is actually one of the busiest off seasons for in Pirates history that we're going to see probably for the wildest time. And I find it funny going back to your comparison about payroll. <laughs> you pretty much said they're going to get 70 wins if they bump up payroll by $35 million. And I about, I, I about fell over laughing because that's kind of sad to think about, but it's not too far off. Yeah. And you know, you, you think about service time clocks, the Pirates don't even have, they have Kevin Newman as an arbitration eligible player. I'm pretty sure that's it. And if, if there's others, I mean, I can't even think of them. There's definitely not more than like three or four. So this whole team is basically made up of people that will be barely making a million dollars, pretty much. And uh, Choi, I think he he's an arbitration-eligible guy. I think his, his money is looking at like four and a half to five million dollars. So like nothing. It's nothing in baseball terms. So, yeah, it, there's, there's definitely some room for spending here. Obviously, we know who the owner is. It's Bob Nutting, and I am a firm believer of, you know, I'll believe it when I see it, when they spend any type of substantial money. Also, uh, Cabrian Hayes is going to be making, you know, his $9 million or whatever it is this season because he signed long-term, and Brian Reynolds as well because he signed the two-year $13 million before last season. So he's at like $6 million. So that's like four players, though. There's nobody making nothing. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm going to remain cautiously pessimistic that anything happens because I got to see it first. But, yeah, I, I just mentioned this. Um, 
during the off season here, we'll be doing podcasts. They'll be dropping every Friday. So we'll be back next Friday with another podcast. Kind of maybe we'll see if there's any news. If there's any breaking news in the middle of the week, we can always do an emergency pod just kind of covering what happens. But um, yeah, podcast every Friday during the off season. I believe next, next Friday would be a good, what do we want the pirates to do type conversation, uh, Jake. So if you have any other thoughts, um, you know, let me know right now, but where can we find you on Twitter? Find me on Twitter, underscore Radio J. Awesome. You can follow me on Twitter at Nathan underscore Hirsch. I'm not verified, and I'm not going to be verified. I'm not spending money on that Twitter. Um, obviously, follow Bucks Dugout on Twitter as well, at Bucks Dugout. We're going to try to get some guests this offseason, too, whether it's some of our other writers or some outside guests, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited for the off season. Maybe I shouldn't be. Maybe I sound stupid saying that. But, uh, yeah, Jake, any, anything else before we sign off here? I don't think it's stupid to feel optimistic. I'm Awesome. Everyone have a great rest of your day. Go Bucks, and uh, peace out.